Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 165, and let's roll. And we are getting ever so closer to some off-season breakdowns of the rookie class I've got my my um, my guest list is building uh, over the next few weeks. We're going to have some some very big names, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, Felix Sharp, one of the best college um, analysts in in the business, literally, is going to be here. He's here every year to help me be a better analyst and to help you dominate your rookie drafts. He's next week. Ray Garvin after that. Uh, I've already scheduled John Lobb. Of course, we have the Senior Bowl with uh, with with Thor Nystrom. That show is going to be always awesome as he brings me the very best news from the Senior Bowl after the Senior Bowl. I am so excited for all of these uh, guests and more in the coming weeks. I know you guys are going to be uh, listening to every show. This this is when actually Dynasty podcasts get all their listenership because this is when we make our money. We have to win the offseason, um, and no better person to help me win the offseason than my friend and partner here at the Undroppables, Mr. Matt Chester, who, by the way, will also be at the Senior Bowl this year. Maybe a little correspondence work down there, baby. We're sending Mr. Matt Chester to the Senior Bowl. He's actually going to – I think he's going to try out. He's going to—he's bringing his helmet. That's all I know, uh, or something about a helmet. I don't know. He's going to tell us, clear that all up right now as we – bring out Mr. Matt Chester, the Mad Jester. Welcome to the program, sir. Thanks for the intro, Jax. How you been? Mm. I'm doing great. You know I'm doing great because we added Travis Seal to the to the to the Undroppables today. One of my longtime friends and True North uh, you know, uh, owner and True North everything. Uh, you know, True North fantasy football. Uh, he's going to continue to do his thing, but he's going to going to collaborate collaborate with us and and do all sorts of cool stuff. I'm super excited to bring on Travis. He's such a great guy. 
So that just happened today. We're recording this on Wednesday. Um, this I know this drops on Thursday, but yeah, just so excited uh, to bring him on. I, I'm going to start my anatomy series uh, this week. I start to put all, all uh, together all the, that information and 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 come out with 2024's version so that we can do a better job of analyzing these prospects and 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 dominating our drafts just like we've done the past few years. Certainly this past year, um, as the anatomy helped us draft Jaden Reed and avoid Jonathan Mingo. So thank you so much. We did that right. Unlike the Carolina Panthers, by the way, the anatomy also loved CJ Stroud, certainly over Bryce Young and over Anthony Richardson too, as it it does, it's, it's not perfect yet, but it was unanimously in favor of CJ Stroud, poor Carolina Panthers. If only they were looking at the anatomy series that Mr. Jax Falcone does, right? As a Saints fan, I'm I'm super thrilled that they don't know what they're doing over there. It's just it's been a terrible franchise for as long as I can remember. And God bless them. Thanks for taking up space. Oh, yeah, absolutely, brother. And and as a Saints fan, before I get to some of this other stuff, we got to start with the best thing ever. Uh, you know, Saint the Saints and Jameis Winston just fucking shack dunking on Arthur Smith <laughs> on his way out the door had to have felt really really good. Yeah, that was that. I mean, I got to hang my hat on something this season because it was kind of a lost season. Um, yeah. I went into it thinking Michael Thomas would be a, a super clever play, uh, super cheap, but he just ended up being what he was being. And then it was a, pretty much a Derek Carr uh, offense. If you want to look at every single player, like eh, they're all kind of Derek Carr this year. Yeah, uh, you know. So Dennis Allen has has not been fun to play fantasy football with, but everybody hated Arthur Smith. And yes. Uh, God bless him. And Jameis Winston. Yeah. He just, he, he was so disrespectful. No, he, he rammed it down his enemy's throat. And uh, he's, I can't believe the maturity of that guy. Now I've been looking at interviews after the game and like people trying to get under their skin saying how, how, uh, you know, not ignoble. Is that a word? How like (laughs) disrespectful it it was. And even to his own coach and his coach threw him under the bus. And like, I, Somebody said if he just went out on the mic after the game was like, you know what? Fuck the Falcons. That's why. I, yeah. I don't think there would be any issue if you just lean into it, you know? Yeah. I, I think he was trying to do the right thing and not be a complete prick about it and take the high road, which I thought was probably a good way to go. But at the end of the day, like I, I was behind him the whole way. First of all, it's an NFL team against an NFL team. It's not a fucking JV team against a Division One college team. We're like, dude, take it easy on these kids, will you? First of all, they pick sixth your ass down to the one, you know, play some fucking defense. Look, you get the ball back, Chief. Why don't you go score your own fucking touchdown? Just absolutely shut the fuck up, Arthur Smith, is my take. Very, very easy take, by the way. And I would have said that from the beginning, too, because I'm always of the opinion, if you want to prevent the other team from, you know, racking up the score, then how about you take the knee? Uh, You take the knee uh, going the other way. Instead, you're throwing the ball around, throwing picks. Eat your own fucking medicine. Shut if you want to be up. a heel all Stop. season, yeah. if you want to be a troll and a brat to yeah. everybody all season and be mm. all smug about it, then like, I hope that you get fired after you embarrass yourself like this. And I'll be a part of that. That's fine. Also a great get point. It. He was Mr. Fucking, you know what this, that, yeah, he was a, a crybaby all year. He had a lot to say. He was trolling the media. He had, oh, I, you know, he was so high on his horse about his quarterback and the whole thing. He was an absolute loser all year. Nobody in fantasy liked him. At, at the beginning of the year, I, I, I tacitly 
defended him because they were kind of winning. I'm like, look, if they win, fantasy people need to shut the fuck up. Because if you win, if you go 13 and three or whatever, you know, then I don't give a shit if Kyle Pitts doesn't, you know, isn't a tight end one, but they're 13 and three. You, you get my point? It's, it's Mike Vrabel having three winning seasons and then getting fired. And you're like, well, you know, I get it, but come on. And also, you know, you know, you, I like to play a game called like, who is this player next year? Like, who, who's going to take yeah. who's going to take Arthur Smith's role next year? Everything you're talking about about him being like an annoying prick and like, like if you guys weren't playing fantasy, we'd be, now we find out that Kyle Pitts might have had he had an extra surgery that they didn't disclose. Like yeah. that's got serious implications in a lot of like a lot of gambling and a lot of fantasy. Um, yes, and the crossover. So, yeah. I, why would anybody take up for that guy? But yeah. oh, so on on that note, like Aaron Rodgers better come out firing next year. Yeah, <laughs> well, but it's true too. By the way, the, just to piggyback off your take about the not disclosing these injuries, that you know the the gambling, uh, all, all of the all the people gambling on the game, all the people playing fantasy football, DFS, etc., are all affected by that. And for whether it be Arthur Smith or any of these other NFL, you know, coaches, front office, or anybody in the NFL to say you know what then? Sorry, bro. That's not good enough because we pay your fucking salaries. Our interest in your game pays your high wages. So you better fucking pay attention because that is absolute bullshit. And, you know, for, for, for their lack of disclosure of things that are supposed to be disclosed to cost people real dollars. Hey, you know what? Again, I've said this a few times already today and I apologize to all the children listening, but go fuck yourself. You know what? I'm like, I'm like uh, Elon Musk out here, you know, well, it, Go, it, it, it reminds yourself. me of like, he's a, he's a game stop. Like he's just yeah. kind of like a fraudulent bump in the market. Cause he's kind of cheating everybody a little bit. And he's, you know, yeah. it, it does have real effects. And what, what do you do about it? I don't know. You fucking <laughs> rag on him all season. and hope Jameis Winston slams it down his throat to make it 48 to 17 and get him fired. You know, by the way, great Jameis Winston. The prince that is promised. I mean, we need Jameis Winston in our lives. And I've been saying this. He I needs one to start. Re- it's really held him back that he's been so immature. Like that was always part yes. of the narrative, right? And kind of, kind of Baker's the the same same type of thing. You know, he's not riding his hobby horse that was riling up the troops in college because it didn't work for like the first four years when he's playing with a yeah. bunch of adults. And Jameis Winston came out and he, did, you know, he went the thirty for the thirty and thirty season, the thirty picks and thirty uh, yes. touchdowns, and he was like the number two overall scorer in fantasy that year. Yes, and uh, we we've been wanting it back, but if teams aren't willing to trust him right. to play at a mature level, so that's why even though he was like he had fun with it, and God bless him for what he did. Yes. His his response showing such maturity to like not snap at these dudes at the at the reporters that are all hassling and trying to get a sound bite and him just like continuously like well if that's how you feel about it that's fine that's you know you got to have it your way and yeah maybe a coach will be like yo uh, I can see I can see that dude leading my team maybe yeah I hope look, for at it. the end of the day it's better than Tommy DeVito or Tim Boyle or you know whatever these you know, losers that they're running out there. And, you know, there, there were something like 68 starting quarterbacks, 68 starting quarterbacks in the league this year. This just in only 32 teams. So, I mean, absolutely <laughs> unbelievable that in, in, in an uh, environment like that, that Jameis can't find his way into a starting role and, and sort of secure it. Many of these teams have no chance, absolutely no chance to win, but Jameis does fill seats. And you know what? Look, Jameis, yeah, I just think he's one of the best 32 and gives you look if I'm if I'm a scuffling team like I'm the Raiders right now. Why wouldn't you want Jameis like 
he gives you a better chance to win than whatever else you're trotting out there, I guess is my point. You know, being a little bit prolific, and who knows, maybe you can corral him a little bit. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, erratic, um, prolific players, Jay Cutler, Jordan Love had a great season this year. You know, a lot of people dunking on me. Of course, I, you know, that's fine. Good for him. Love him. <laughs> Easiest schedule in the NFL, and we'll see what happens in the future. But actually, you know what? He's got a he, arrow up. Uh, but, you know, we've seen players like that that have succeeded. And I think you're 100,000% right. I think for with Jameis, it's all about like the, you know, his, his, his immature attitude because, you know, you need that position to be so, so serious. You know, Tom Brady is the sort of, the sculpture of what you need. And it's like, he's the polar opposite uh, to that type of player, but God bless us. It is an entertainment industry too. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, no, he's fun. He's fun. We all want that 30 yeah. and 30 season back. We don't care if, you know, I want 40, 40, you know, 40, 40, yeah, let's make it happen. Make sure you know, 40 your touchdowns and 40 pick sixes, just fucking airing it out, baby. <laughs> um, you know, at some point you and I, I think we're contractually obligated to talk about dynasty football. I've got a take I wanted to talk about a little bit with you, and I'm going to do that right after this. Welcome back to the program. And, you know, Matt, one thing I did want to mention is something I had mentioned on Twitter a little bit. And I don't know, just it just sort of was something that even like chalk and I, when he's like sending me deals and he's getting a lot of like offers, you know, Hey man, I sell the one Oh four and this, and I get this and this back. And I'm like, I'm always like so hesitant. I, I actually literally, literally will message him. Like it's hard for me to sell a pick right now. Um, you know, and in, we got to talk and sort of, you know, behind the scenes about why that is. And, you know, so I, I tweeted it and just sort of said it without a lot of explanation. Um, and I, I want to ask you sort of before we get into the conversation, we'll get into it together here. Do you sort of agree with that? Uh, I know one thing that you're very good at is you're a gameplay player. You're a dynasty game theory disciple, for lack of a better term. I mean, you're, you're your own man, but like you and I see it the same way in a lot of ways. Um, do you agree with that? Or, or what are your thoughts about selling you know rookie picks, early rookie picks right now? Even late rookie picks, even next year rookie picks, I'm scared to do it. I got I got a very I got an offer that uh, everybody that's smarter than me said that I should smash, and I just can't do it right now. Uh, is Tyreek Hill for my for uh, a 111 that I acquired this year and my 25 first? And mm. it seems like a smash for Tyreek Hill. Like if he does one more year like this, I, it's a hundred percent worth it, right? But he's he might have three or four more games to play. Like he's this his season's not done. He's going to be thirty next year. If I am able to get Zay luck into Zay Flowers at one eleven next year, and then I happen to get one oh seven in twenty twenty five, like do you want to give up Zay Flowers and one oh seven? Like who's it going to be? Romeo Dune? Right. Uh, uh, you know, it, you get you might get Jaden Daniels next year, right? Plus Zay Flowers this year. Um, you know, the equivalence of those picks yes. where you can get Tyreek Hill. And if he tears his ACL, so like I can't smash and it's, it's, I, I'm on an Island on that one, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't know that I can remember a single win now trade that I've ever made that I've not regretted. Yeah. Here's you're doing a, you, I'm glad you brought that trade up because you're right. It's like the conventional wisdom is look at this fucking idiot, not taking that deal. It's like, I, I, yeah, I understand. I understand. Here's here's another way to also look at it too. And and 
a lot of times, so I asked Chalk, and he, he this guy was offering him some sort of quarterback for an early, like the 103, you know, and he was getting Dak back and something else. And, you know, there's just, it was a pretty good trade for him. I was like, you know what? You know, Dak's a top, you know, 10 uh, Superflex Dynasty startup player. So, like, it's not like a bad trade. I didn't, you know, I wasn't like, oh, you're an idiot if you do. But, the, but I asked him a question. I said, how many of your league mates know that the 103 is available right now? And he was like, you know, like one or two. I said, wow. you know, how many, right? Because, yeah. you know, he, he th- that guy sent the offer to you for your 103. So do you have any idea what the 103 could net you in that league? Do you have any idea? You know, do, I, you don't know because not everybody's paying attention. I, for one, am not paying attention to all my leagues right now. If there were someone trying to make a move for a certain pick, I'm I'm a little bit distracted right now from really intensive trade time. This is just me personally. This is a break time for me. Uh, my sort of rhythmic, you know, off season, and I think a lot of fantasy players are the same. They're like detached right now. I'm in so many leagues where guys will miss this whole part in in their fantasy. They're watching real football, but when you get close to certainly on the fucking clock and you say, Hey, one Oh three now available. And Marvin Harrison is available. Do you know how many people are now aware that that pick is available? All motherfucking 11 of them are like sending you offers and you can really leverage that pick to its maximum value. And who the fuck knows what you can get for it. Plus this, that, and the other just moving some shit around. You might be able to get what you never thought possible. And, in a lot of ways, that's the reason why I don't like to make those deals because I want as many uh, consumers of that product as I possibly can to drive up price because that's when they also get most excited to spend their money, quote unquote, for that pick. Plus, that's when they're all trying to offload, you know, Mike Evans and Alvin Kamara. And right now they're thinking they're, they might get a first for I was talking to somebody yesterday, said he's going to hold uh, he needs to rebuild, but he wants to hold. He's, he thinks Camara or Derrick Henry might be in first territory, and uh, you just can't, you can't, you th- you can't even entertain that right now yeah. because no, all those no. guys are going to be old hat. You know, this is still the playoffs, yeah. so they're only going to keep being in people's minds, and th- this is the the highest of the price is going to be. But as soon as they, uh, you know, knock on wood, they don't. But if they get hurt, like, yeah. what do you just spend two firsts on? I don't care if they're both one elevens. You know, right? Yeah, you just got a you just got an yeah. injured X player. I don't want to jinx anybody, but no, that's right. No, time. yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's just it, to, to me, you know, the the pick right now is is has, has increased in value because people are interested in it, but it's only skyrocketing. All these picks, and here's the thing: like, I mean, you know, look, there there are games still going on. Tyreek Hill could actually snap his leg in the playoffs. That's actually possible. The one hundred and three cannot. It's a great point. Yeah, it it cannot. It cannot break its neck. You know what I mean? Catching a ball down the sideline, it just can't happen. Um, You know, because if the if if Caleb Williams goes out and tears his knee, you know, at the at at some sort of spring practice of some sort, you know, practicing for the combine, uh, the one hundred and three just becomes someone else. You know, it cannot lose its value. It just keeps going. And as soon as someone starts to get all excited about Brock Bowers or whatever, because it's coming and it may be me, I, Brock Bowers looks good as hell. You know, it, then what happens is 
is now you can put any name you want to the 103. Jaden Daniels, the next Mike Vick, Lamar Jackson, or Brock Bowers, the best tight end prospect ever. Marvin Harrison Jr., the next Jerry Rice. That's what the 103 is. It's not just the 103. It now starts to take people's imagination. And that imagination makes people overpay in your rookie draft. So you might as well just sit and wait. Why sell it now? Because then you, okay, I got Dak. Great trade. Move. Dak is, okay, well, nobody's going to give you the 103 back for Dak anymore, even though it's probably, Dak's probably worth more than whatever the 103 is if you're doing a startup. It's just because you get tricked into a value proposition rather than understanding the the ascension of the value of the thing that you're holding. Let it let it breathe. Let it gain some steam and, and, and trade it then. Do you, do you want to roster bait now for the next three months before rookie drafts, or do you want to abstain and then roster bait for the next four to 10 years because you were really, <laughs> really smart about it? And, you know, um, yeah, I get it. It's, it's just yeah. hard to abstain. That wasn't it built is. that way. Yeah. And a lot of these, a lot of these deals sometimes are different. Like, you know, obviously someone's like, Hey man, you know, the one Oh five, I'll give you CJ Stroud. Click. Okay. Done. Thank you. <laughs> Whoops. Right, right. Good. Good. Uh, you know, don't, don't, don't fucking be an idiot. You know, it's like, okay. Yeah. The, the, he's worth that. Don't fuck around. Get yourself, you know, someone steps in it. Don't, don't, don't tell them where the shit is. Just like, oh, oopsie daisy, you know, let them step in it. But other than that, don't have to make a marginal value gain now because that marginal value gain, you know, it's not really, it's very unlikely that if you sold the pick, it's going to look in hindsight, like, oh, thank God you got off that pick when you did. Right. Not, not true. Just not going to be the case. It can't be, you know, because they're all going to appreciate as these picks, you know, as, as we start to get familiar with the second round picks and be like, Dude, this this draft is actually pretty deep with running backs, right? You know what's really hard? You know what makes us a really hard hard to like digest our losses in that case too? It's because when yeah. you look at the pick after it was used, and it's even if it ends up being like Quentin Johnson, who I think we neither of us have any Quentin Johnson on like between yeah, like 50 more teams. Um, but even if if you look back at what the pick could be, if you take an old guy who just falls, if you if you bought Austin Eckler. And you right. got him this year and you're just like, what did I do? What did I do? Like I gave up two first. Like, I don't care. Like one of them, one of them already turned into Zay Flowers if it was one ten last year. And this year it might be, you know, you might have crapped out in the playoffs and gotten 108. And who knows who that's gonna be. It's the juice ain't yeah, worth the squeeze. You, you know yes, what I mean? That's right. But so, even if you don't care about taking the pick, even if you're pick agnostic, you're like, dude, I hate making picks because I always pick Quentin Johnston and Nikhil Harry. Fuck that. I want to sell the pick. Okay. Still, wait till you have more marketers. Wait till you have more people that are lining up to say, hey, whoa, 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 wait, you're saying the 108 is available? You know, and again, unless someone absolutely steps in it. Look, Tyreek Hill might be that, but you're right. He's 30, and you have to be a real win-now team with a really stacked roster, and it really changes your fortune to give up the 111, the 111 and a 25 first to do that. Um, because you can't let that 25 first be anything but, you know, a very late playoff pick. And unless you're almost dead certain it's going to be, maybe two, two late first is definitely worth Tyreek Hill and probably 
you have to consider making that trade. But again, it's not like I, I think it's less of a smash as you put it because you have to understand. You know, the one eleven may not appreciate that much, but they often do. They often do. I mean, you know, remember, you know, when was Sam Laporta drafted? He was drafted, you know, late second. Jaden Reed, late second, early third. Right? All these guys, Tank Dell, Pukunakua, those are a little bit outliers. I know they're not in every draft, but not for us, they're tend- not. I know you've got right. about. Th- I have thirty percent of. I think Puka thirty percent. Tank Dell and 30% Kayshawn Booty didn't make it. But like those, yeah. those are educated guesses and those are That's right. you know, great lottery tickets. And so that's what I'm saying. Like when, when you look at what Tyreek Hill ends up being, when I'm drafting, when I'm, if let's say my 2025 ends up being one, oh, 110, I, I did pretty yeah. good. I crapped out in some weird week, like week one of the playoffs this year, kicked my yeah. teeth in. But anyway, on to the next one. If that's what ends up happening, um, there's just you can look back on those picks after they were used and be like, yeah, but he got he took Quentin Johnson, like, so whatever. I gave up Quentin Johnson and somebody else yeah. for Tyreek. Yeah, no, yeah, because yeah. I look at everybody who was drafted after that. I'm like, I could have had Laporta. Like, I, I could have had. I could have traded that yeah, one. Jalen Waddle, just, Devontae Smith were drafted there. That's right. right. Yeah. That's Justin right. Jefferson was drafted there. I think Joe Burrow was drafted. <laughs> yes. Not Joe Burrow, but uh, you know, there's there's just all Josh these, Allen, right? Right. Yeah. So if you're more, if you're if you, you know what's tough? The more educated you are in this game the more those picks are worth because you yes. can do more with them. So when you That's trade right. them away, you ha- you have to kind of be arrogant about it and be like, no, because when I give you the 110, like I'm giving you the 107. Like that's how I play. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's right. When, when I give you my pick, my pick's awesome because I'm great at this. So you're right. going to pay right. more for mine. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's right. So it's it's yeah. it's really a, it's just a disparaged market between like no I'm not going to give you like one ten and one you know another. The, Derrick Henry's not in that range. He's just not in that range because you know what I can do with that pick. Yes, every single one yeah, is a flowers. You know, look, it's true. I I saw a lot of bad picks being made ahead of me in a league where I took Zay Flowers in the early second and Jonathan Mingo went ahead of him. Yep. I mean. This happened in in rookie drafts. I know y'all are out there shaking your head. Like I saw some shit like this too, Jax. You know, and it's true. And it's like I was like, holy shit! I just got Zay Flowers, and these idiots picked. I don't remember who else, but you know, Jonathan Mingo was the one that was like, oh dear God, yeah. you know, oh dear God. I wasn't picking Jonathan Mingo till after Jaden Reed and Marvin Mims were off the board. Probably Laporta too. I mean, I I you know, Mingo was a third rounder for me. I mean, you know, so. You can't draft capital be damned. I wasn't going to move him up that much. I certainly started to think, okay, maybe he starts getting into the Rashi Rice zone for me in in last year's draft. But that was about it. That was as far up as I could move him. So there there was zero chance I was going to get any Jonathan Mingo based off of that situation. And because someone else had a a faulty process, in my opinion, they (laughs) they were making you know, Zay Flowers fall to me in that situation. And, but I saw Zay Flowers, I mean, excuse me, Jonathan Mingo go ahead of a lot of great players in draft over draft. Uh, You know, uh, I think in one case he did go ahead of both Quentin Johnston and Zay Flowers. Obviously we all kind of missed on, on Quentin Johnston a bit, Uh, but we had some, some trepidation with, with Quentin. So, you know, the, the anatomy did not love Quentin Johnston, um, especially, and I'll, I'll sort of pimp the anatomy is, one of the things that that it does is it, it it keeps track of what's happening more recently. And what was happening more recently is players who were succeeding were looking less and less like Quentin Johnston. Uh, players that looked like Quentin Johnston, size, speed, productivity, et cetera, usage, were more prevalent 
if we go a little bit further back in history, because you needed big bodies to be able to get off press and, you know, they let you hold and a lot of two wide receiver sets, et cetera, et cetera. Now with more motion, short passing game, quick passing game, et cetera, players that look more like Tank Dell and Zay Flowers are succeeding in the NFL, yada, yada. We'll go through this as we go through the offseason. But those types of things help us identify Sometimes the miss is more important than the hits because I don't know if a player is going to be good, but sometimes I can tell you when they're not. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's all about avoiding landmines. You know, yeah. there's certain methods to gambling. Like there's the, what is the, is the nightingale is where uh, you lose a dollar. You, you bet another dollar. It's like you're either up double or down double and you stop or, or start whenever you want. You got to have an unlimited yeah. bank. I might be explaining that wrong. I, I don't know, but it's just different. <laughs> you probably it's, are, but I like, I like it. Yeah. There's all, but there's all kinds of methods is, is what I'm saying. So what do you I love it. So, look, no, no, no trading your offseason picks yet. Uh, you, I mean, your uh, your first round picks. Matter of fact, even your second round. I think second rounds. And you and I both were like second round. You know, we love the second round picks. Oh, um, if you look at my if you look at my Twitter bio, it says I'm the, I'm like high priest of the Church of Seconds. Like it's the yes. most tradable asset in Dynasty. It's it can be yep. worth the most and least the, worth the least. Um, yes, yes. And and there's you, and you can fill the your pockets you, with you them. Turn it exactly. into the most. That's right. Exactly. Yes, that's right. Yep. They're the most undervalued assets in trades. You know, and sometimes you know thirds are less like that. They're sort of the, almost the opposite. Because people look at second and thirds more closely together. I think the difference between a second and a third is greater than the difference between a first and a second. Oftentimes. I can see that. You like that? Um, do you think it's going to, do you think it's going to flip the game on its head when everybody thinks they can pick out the tank Dell and the Puka Nakua in the third round? Do you think, think that so. thirds are going to, it's going to even out a little bit more or, uh, and, and so you're saying, you're saying that a lot of these X receivers, these like alphas, tall, heavy, uh, yeah. high point catch guys. And they're just, it's, that's not really the way the game is going. And it's going towards more of tank Dells and, and the, the smaller shiftier guys, uh, do you think that's why there might be a resurgence in tight ends? And it's not necessarily just that there's a, a bunch of young ones coming out, but like maybe that position will hold more of the X value while the shifty guys are like changing what defenses have to account for. And now there's not really a, as much of a need for like a big body linebacker. Um, so the, the tight end has a little bit more room to play. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't really know how to shift um, player values and pick values right now. And it's driving me up the wall that I can't, I I don't feel good about moving even what I see as a good deal right now. And I'm trying to think of, you know, what could be the thing that brings you to the next level is let's say that you have, you happen to hit on like four of these young, uh, young, hot tight ends. Are there eventually going to be like closer to 25 starting tight ends because it's just that's what the XB, X receiver becomes and they get the, the tight end premium boost. And it's just uh, where, where do you sit? Where do you sit on Jake Ferguson is what I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe I you look, I think the tight end position has been what the old prince that has promised. I've been using that a little bit too much, but like we've been like, oh, tight end is deep this year. And then it's not tight end is deep this year. And then but it's it not. Is. And so now it is. It is. Now. Now it is. And so I, I think we've kind of been seeing that there's been some talent. Look, tight ends also, I mean, you know, we saw Andrews get hurt, Hawkinson get hurt, Laporta's now hurt. You know, these tight ends often get hurt. And that's been an issue, you know, go, going back through time. I mean, you know, the, the, you know, Tony Gonzalez and Travis Kelsey are an aberration. They are not the norm that you don't ever see 
players like that. That just doesn't happen. They have short shelf lives and you know, that they, they play multiple, they don't play in every game situation. Now we're seeing a little bit of this, this sort of Dalton Kincaid style, which is like, you know, seam seam guys, right? Um, they can't block anybody, but they'll play two tight ends. So he's almost like a slot receiver or a big H back. And so they're trying to deploy them differently to create different type of matchups and different type of mismatches. And so I think a lot of times having a little bit of an understanding of, you know, the coaching tendencies, you know, i.e. Arthur Smith, when you see that. Now, of course, the one thing to remember, too, is that changes, right? Uh, personnel and, and, and scheme changes from year to year. But a guy like Kyle Pitts, one of the things that I'll tell you about Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts, you know, is essentially never going to be what some of these fantasy analysts think Kyle Pitts will be because he can't block. And people go, who gives a fuck about blocking, bro? He's a tremendous receiver. Look, he's not a an elite X wide receiver in the league. So you can't just put him out at X and he's going to be – he's not Julio Jones, right? And he's not Rob Gronkowski. So tell me who he is. You tell me. You know, I, Go I, ahead and I, tell me. You know, it's like about- he's not – no, no, I'm not the, the proverbial you. In right. other words, if you can't line up and dominate on the line – then you can't do that. So therefore, if we do line you up there, the defense goes, not worried. We'll put a fucking nickel corner right here and you can't block him, you fucking stiff. You know what I mean? But if you line up a nickel corner over Gronk, he shoves you down to the ground, then blocks the linebacker, right? You know what I mean? It's like, it's just, oh shit, we need a heavy guy there. Well, I put a heavy guy there. Okay, well, now I run past you. It's the duality of the tight end position that makes him so valuable, right? And which is why Laporta is succeeding because he can break tackles. He can run the seam. He can catch, but he can block a little too. And that's why Kittle's so dominant. Look, if Kittle were on a slightly different team that threw a little bit more, right? Um, you know, so there's there, there's the utilization. And Kelsey, well, he's a unicorn in a unicorn situation with a unicorn coach and quarterback, right? I mean, you know, put him – in put him on the Giants. You think he's fucking Travis Kelsey performance wise? Of course not. So situation, scheme, quarterback, all these things start to matter, and that's really winning the tight end is understanding what type of prospect you're drafting. With a guy like Kittle and Laporta, it's an easy eval. You're like, dude, these guys are good at everything. Just fucking throw them out there. How good is Kincaid at blocking? How often do they put him in there to to stop somebody? Not often. Um, okay. Do you, so let me ask you a, a question that might be sensitive. Who blocks more, Kincaid or Gabe Davis? <laughs> Gabe Davis. Okay, so so but they're paying him like an X receiver, right? And yeah. he's he provides a lot more value to the game. All right, well, I might be coping a little bit right now, and I know I'm sure you are too. Um, he provides a lot more value to the game than just catching balls. Okay, like he's a great That's blocker. True. He's a, he's of part course. of the he's, yeah. he's part of the scheme. He's part of the leadership. Like he's been there. He, they yes. love him there. They love him. Um, he's a free agent, by the way, this was supposed to be a free agent show. And I was going to, you know, I, I wonder what you were going to do with that. But if he's blocking as much as King Cade, like take, give me the tight end premium. It hurts. It hurts. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, uh you know, but, but, but when they drafted him, when Buffalo drafted him, they knew what they were drafting. You know, they sort of had a hole at, you know, at, at slot and they had Dawson Knox and they drafted a slot tight end in the first round. You're like, I think I know what they're going to do here. And that's kind of what they did. Now, can Kincaid be that? That's the thing is like, obviously, it's like, can a guy block or not? It's not like it's not binary. Yes, he can. No, he can't. It's like, to what degree? Right? Like, how much are you putting pressure on the defense by lining a guy up in a certain spot? That's really what it is. And it's why Gronk was the ultimate mismatch. 
he was, I mean, he was nearly an ex-wide receiver out there. He was so good when they lined him out wide. And a lot of times they were so smart because they'd line him up inside and then they'd be like, okay, we got exactly the matchup we want. They'd, they'd just shift and just move him outside. And the defense was in man. And so you'd watch this poor <laughs> linebacker, like, you know, follow him out there and be like, oh, my God, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead, right? You know, yeah. like number 52 just, you know, moving from the inside to out on a corner by, by himself next to Gronk going, help me. You know what I mean? And so because he could do both of those things, well, that's a unique player. As, as great as Kyle Pitts is, if he got that matchup out there, he would fucking kill 52 out there. But they don't need to worry about when he's in, they don't need to worry about it. So 52 ain't anywhere near him because I don't need to have 52 there to, to stand up to your block. I can have number 32 stand up and block near you, right? So it, this is the difference in, in, in these matchups. And, you know, there are subtleties, and it's not like we know what's going to happen on every play, but we can kind of guess as to how they're going to utilize you based off of your skill set. You know, and it, it, it another problem with buying and selling right now is we don't know what's going to happen. All the there's like six or six plus head coaching jobs that just opened up. Seven now with Pete Carroll gone. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah, he's, that's that that was a happy well, shock. You know, yeah. it was a happy shock. Like, good for him. Hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, I felt really bad, uh, you know, just because, you know, I go way back with Pete Carroll, obviously I'm a, I'm a New England Patriots fan. And, you know, we, we sort of unfairly hated Pete Carroll when he, you know, was the, was the Patriots coach. We felt like he was underachieving and it's probably a little bit of Bledsoe underachieving, but, you know, of course, Parcells and Belichick and we, we, we get spoiled as we went along, but, you know, Pete had been such a, you know, energetic, positive, amazingly awesome influence to so many people in the organization, players, fans like Pete is a legendary, awesome, awesome person and coach. So tough to see him go. Listen, the one that caught me by surprise, what in the hell are the Titans doing? Letting go of Mike Vrabel. I don't know, man. What do you, do you think they're just going to start like kicking players and coaches back and forth between the Raiders? Cause they're, they're talking to Antonio Pierce and mm. I, I don't know. I, I I would like to see either the Titans or the Raiders build a culture or just build a, something that the fans can get culture. behind. They did. And now they're, you know, they're, they're changing the things up. Did anyway. I feel like Vrabel is culture, right? Sure. For sure. Yeah, three winning like, seasons. Like, uh, it's a very Derrick Henry offense. Like, you know what you're getting. It's, it somehow makes it into the playoffs. Sometimes it's the first seed in their, uh, or, you know, winning their conference a few times. Like it, I, it didn't make sense. It wasn't very fun, but it worked. I just think Mike Vrabel can flat out coach. L- let me just, say that as simple as possible as a new England Patriots fan. I know that Vrabel's a Patriot, whatever, but like as a Patriots fan, as soon as I'm thinking, Oh, here comes the news about Belichick leaving and not sure what we're going to do and da da da. And I've said, I want Ben Johnson to usher in some new quarterback. And that seems like the best sort of new age thing to do. As soon as Vrabel became available, I'm like, Oh, Vrabel fine. Then let's just get fucking Vrabel. Cause he's like, you, you know, you're, you know what you're getting. You're getting culture, toughness, like, you know, I just think Vrabel is 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 a rock solid NFL coach, and if he gets talent, he can win. He can win without talent. I mean, he hasn't had a quarterback. Who's the best quarterback he's had? Ryan Tannehill. Like they've made playoffs. They've made they've won playoff games. They've won. Just they're always in the game. You always you're always watching them going. That's uh, they're in good shape here. Wow, look at this. You know, you're never like, what the fuck are they doing? You know, it's like they're so well put together. 
And I don't know how you look at that team and go, you know what the problem is here? That motherfucker. You know what I mean? I just, I can't. Now, maybe it's so, we don't have all the inside information, but it doesn't make any sense to me. He he kept, I I hate to say this because I do like uh, Vrabel a lot, but did he just keep up the culture that Arthur Smith built there? And he stayed going with Derrick Henry, and then he switched out. And the problem was he didn't have AJ Brown. He traded him away for Traylon Burks, did and he, like, did he I don't do know. That? I, I don't know. But you, you, so I, I feel really you guilty as a Saints like, fan. No, we need to do. We have to get rid of AJ Brown. I don't think that was him. Do you think that maybe he? That's what, where the rift comes from. Maybe he's what, like, you guys are fucking idiots. And then maybe like, you know what? What, you what know? if? He, so what if he goes to? I'm really excited for the Falcons. There's a lot of direction that they yeah, could go too. between which yeah. quarterback they get and which coach they could get, and they could yep. get. Um, you know, they could get Ben Johnson from the Lions to come use those studs on offense and, and give us our fantasy like gold that we've been waiting for. And you could yeah. get uh, you know, Laporta could, Pitts could end up being his the, the Laporta and London could end up being Pitts could end up being the yeah. uh, you know, there's there's right. things that we could hope for, and then there could be Vrabel going there and uh, and uh, us end up being like, God, two more years of this, three more years of this, right? Um, Maybe. or Ben Johnson go there. I mean, I I just don't know. I I don't know what to do right now. I hate coming on this show at this time. I appreciate you. You don't know what to do with your hands. I don't know what to do with. I can't give any advice right now. My advice is to sit on my hands, right? Like, that's actually some advice. That's actually good advice. And that's kind of what I tell people, right? I think I started to talk about it and then got away from it a little bit, but like my sort of biorhythms of the year, like as soon as, as soon as the uh, fantasy season is over, you know, week 18 now it used to be week 17 is like, fucking throw it away like literally talk to your family for a week you know what i mean like right stop the fantasy don't worry about football it's irrelevant maybe just catch see who who wins what where the seating is but like go hang out with your actual family and then through the playoffs from basically now through the super bowl it's like enjoy football enjoy football don't have to worry about your fantasy lineup. Look, if you like DFS or you know anything, any of these other games, gambling, sure, all that, of course. But I'm just saying, like, enjoy football without like freaking out about your lineups and trades and even your dynasty teams. Let it sit. Put Let the spoon marinate. down, you junkies. There Please. it is. There it is. Put the spoon down. And and no, he's not talking about pie. He's talking about the crooked spoon. Um, I assume. I, I don't I don't know I don't know how so but what we can do is we can look at some some free agents real quick which I will do with you so unrestricted free agents you sent me this over um, I will ask you what is the most interesting thing that you see on the board of 2023 unrestricted free agents uh, do you want to go down again can we can we list off a couple names it'll probably take about two minutes and we can go through each position and, and where the the list of consensus thing goes to where sure, we're interested I'll, I'll in these guys. I'll, I'll do it real quick for you. Yeah, sure. I mean, at quarterback, you got some, some pretty big names, Kirk cousins, Baker Mayfield. Um, and those are the two sort of starters. Minshew Flacco, a couple others, Winston uh, are, are, are free. The wide receivers. I think they always seem to sort of get locked up for the most part, like T Higgins and Michael Pittman jr. I think are going nowhere. Some of the secondary guys, Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, Marquise Brown, Gabe Davis could be on the move. There's obviously a lot of wide receivers that are um, behind that that are actually pretty interesting. The running backs is where I think it's most interesting because quickly tight ends, you have like Dalton Schultz, Hunter Henry, Noah Fant, not much, honestly. 
the running backs is where there's a lot of intrigue because I always think like a running back too, when a running back moves out of the way, it creates an opportunity for some other running back. You know, that's not necessarily the, the, the case at wide receiver because targets are earned, you know? So, but at the running back position, handoffs are given. And, you know, the, I'd start it right at the top, Saquon Barkley. Do you, do you think that Saquon stays in New York? I don't have any information. I have no idea what they're going to do with Saquon. Uh, it, it just, it brings me back to, conversations that we were having at this time last year, right? Where we were like, y'all, the big reckoning at, at running back is coming and all of the Saquons, yeah. you know, there's, there's all these guys that are sad to say it. They, you know, I don't know what you want to risk on buying them because of their ages, like Austin Eckler, Derek Henry. Uh, we don't know where DeAndre Swift is going to be next year. If he had all of the touchdowns that, that Jalen Hurts had on from the one yard line, yeah, I think sure. Jalen Hurts had 15 touchdowns on the one yard I think line. So. Yeah. Um, he would have been like top two this year. And uh, so the, re- the reckoning kind of happened. And I don't know if there's any good running backs coming in. I think that part of what's happening is that running backs are realizing how short their shelf life is in the NFL and how kind of disrespected they are contract wise and money wise. And they're able to, you know, they're, they're very prolific in college, especially in college when you have, more uh dependence on them and they stand out yep. more they might make more staying in college for another year and staying with their team and we yep. might have yeah this might be the reckoning and this might be the year where you can win with all these old guys um if you can package them right and not not miss out on the talent but i don't know if there's anybody new coming in and there's there's a, there's like 10 interesting guys and i i i crossed off the last few on the list Ezekiel Elliott, look what he did for us. You know, there's a, but so I didn't even go as far down as Devin Singletary or Zach Moss. And Zach Moss was RB4 through like week 10. Even if you have a lot of good running backs coming in, like we thought we had a pretty good class last year. You know, Tajay lands behind Derrick Henry. Uh, Zach Charbonnet lands behind, you know, Ken Walker, et cetera, et cetera. You start to, you know, see things where like, damn, these guys didn't even, nobody's got a clear path. I mean, Kendry Miller, tough spot to land behind, you know, a veteran and Camara and you know what I mean? So it's like, and he was hurt. And so a lot of times, you know, you can think, oh yeah, there's some, there's some, some good backs, but they kind of do need their own space unless they're absolute studs. You know, I always said that, you know, a guy like Jonathan Taylor, doesn't matter where he lands. He is the alpha when he lands, you know, there's certain guys like that, but there's not really any of those guys, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I don't think there's a single one of the sort of premium super alpha running back uh, predator types in this class, period. Uh, so therefore, there's none that are going to usurp whomever is in front of them. So they're landing spot dependent to some degree, certainly, especially in year one. Uh, but I think it may be a little bit of musical chairs with these running backs, as it always is, right? You know, one guy goes one play, you know, DeAndre Swift is, is gone. Well, then David Montgomery comes in or whatever. You know what I mean? That type of thing. And, you know, you look down the the list. I think a lot of these guys are buys based off uncertainty and based off the fact that they'll likely get a contract and their values will go up, you know, especially the mid-tier guys, you know, maybe the Pollards and J.K. Dobbins is an interesting uh, buy because I think he's cheap as cheap as hell right now. And I don't know exactly where he lands, but, and I don't know if he even has the legs to be competitive, but for what you'll spend on him versus what his sort of, actual upside is if he happens to be healthy he was a dominant dominant 
prospect. And so he has the ability to actually have some asymmetrical upside this offseason. So that'd be the one free agent. Other than that, you're looking at, you know, Saquon and Jacobs. I think they're both sort of valued as, you know, borderline RB1s in Dynasty. Eckler, very, very scary proposition there. Derrick Henry, we probably do get a signing. We probably do get one more year of him scoring touchdowns someplace, maybe in a place like Dallas. He's been linked to Dallas quite a bit. So I think Derrick Henry could be, you know, Dallas bound this offseason. And if that if that's the case, you could do a lot worse than trading some sort of, you know, you could trade maybe a third round pick right now for him, especially again on the clock. You might be able to, you know, so if you can trade a uh, some sort of a, a 24 rookie pick that's not not premium for Derrick Henry, you could end up, uh, you know, with a really good 2024 asset. Uh, you mentioned DeAndre Swift. Not sure what happens to him. Uh, Tony Pollard. Boy, oh, boy. You know, 26 years old. I would be we, I asked Chalk last week if he was a buy. He doesn't think so. Uh, but then you get down to some, like you said, some of the other, you know, lesser known guys. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of of, of sort of seeing how I can maybe slide J.K. Dobbins onto my roster, um, you know, so before I, he signs. Please. I've never started J.K. Dobbins, but I've probably had him 15 times be- between my 20 leagues just because right. of when he gets hurt and then he starts coming back and it's just a stock. It's just a stock up and down. Yeah. Um, that's one right. thing. So it, this might be the time to start looking at, it, you know, talent over everything at running back because who knows what's going to mm. happen. First of all, with all these free agents, let's just go through them real quick, real quick again. Sure. Saquon Barkley, G- Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, DeAndre Swift, Tony Pollard, Antonio Gibson, JK Dobbins, Zeke Singletary should be on the list. He showed us this year. Yep. Um, Zach Moss, uh, he showed us this year. He was RB four through like week 10. Um, AJ Dillon, not so much. I really, really right. hope for big things, but that's a whole lot of names. And now you can't just even say, well, there's a, there's a musical chairs of like 12 running backs who could end up in the RB one territory next year for the entire year. Uh, we also don't know what these coaching changes are going to bring to these teams. So let's say, uh, you know, Antonio Gibson could definitely use a change of scenery or he could sure. resign and use a change of coach and use a change of QB. And both of those things are coming. So there's, there's just no way to assess it right now other than, uh, I guess just talent, which is, yeah. it's weird. It's, it's the, it's the, we were able to go zero RB for a few years and hit on these Jerome Fords and everything. And maybe this next wave will be like, all right, we'll buy the, so I've been one of these deals with JK Dobbins coming in, get him as cheap as you can. One, I have a really good trade partner and I kind of hose them on one. And I was like, all right, well, look, I've got your second next year. Do you want a little bit more control of it? Um, give me right after JK Dobbins tore his, uh, you know, he, he messed up his, I don't even remember what it was. His other ACL? No, his Achilles. Yeah, some, his oh, other man. Achilles. It doesn't matter. We all, we're going to forget yeah. when he starts doing box jumps in June. You know what I mean? He's going to get right, all yeah, the right, right back. So like, if you can what buy him, fucking ligament is torn off his fucking bone. And especially with the running backs that we're fading because of their age and the lack of running backs that are coming in, he'll be worth a second at some point. He just will. When yeah. he gets on a team yep. and he gets, you know, he'll get the Cam Akers treatment. He was always worth yep. a, a second um, yep. until he was worth nothing. So that's right. it's fine to take in J.K. Dobbins. And I got Antonio Gibson in that in that same deal. And like those are two young dudes uh, who, you know, have both shown it when they've had it and they just need opportunities. And maybe this is the time to buy guys knowing that nothing is going to be the same as it was last season. That's except exactly for, right. You know, except for maybe Isaiah Pacheco somehow. 
Yeah, that's right. You lean into the uncertainty at running back because there's so much of it. You know, we, we think we know so much, except for, again, the very, very top tier guys that are like, you know, certified studs. And, you know, that's the Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs types. You know, they're they're just lead backs. That's the way it is. And, you know, until they're too old, of course, you know, age is the only thing that takes them off the shelf. Um, but, you know, no, no other player is going to be like, well, Saquon's backing up fucking, you know, <laughs> Devin so Singletary now. They're career about. running backs. Some of these guys are yeah. career running backs, right? Like the right. ETNs and the hopefully probably Swifts. Like there, there's just yeah. a bunch of guys that just say, all right, well, he's going to be worth what he's worth, but he's probably going to be worth what he's worth for like five years. And you hope for, you just hope for them to be good because then you can just not worry about that position. And if things are only, if the, if the, if you're going to win by having them because through attrition, because the older guys are getting faded harder and harder and harder, and there's not a new batch because NIL is keeping them in college another year, this might be the year to just like, go get those guys, right? Yeah. Yep. I don't know. All right, man. All right, man. I got something for you. So every year I like to put on wax my incorrect playoff predictions because, you know, Lord knows I'm a moron. Everybody knows that. I'm an idiot. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I like to say the wrong thing out loud so that people can make fun of me once I'm wrong. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Get I, I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah. You want to put it on wax. Here's why I'm an idiot. So week one, let's talk about the games just from a fucking pure fun standpoint. You know, what we think, what we think is going to happen and kind of go from there. So the first game is the Joe Flacco Browns going into tech uh, into Houston to face the CJ Stroud Texans. Unbelievable, huh? I mean, I'm so happy that CJ Stroud's in the playoffs. The fact that CJ Stroud versus Joe Flacco is a playoff matchup. Chef's kiss two generations apart. And I, I don't even mean like NFL career generations. I mean, like it could possibly, be yes, possibly familial relations. Three generations down. Yeah, it's wild. It's fun. Good for, yeah. good for the Texans, too. It's, they've been a punching bag for so long. Uh, you know, they, they deserve a little a breath of fresh air, a little bit of promise. Yeah. Um, uh, CJ Stroud joined uh, Joe Montana and Tom Brady as the only players ever to, what did he, oh, lead the league in like passing yards per game and touchdown to interception ratio for a season or something absolutely six season i forget the stat i'm probably butchering it it's okay i, I forget he's probably got a bunch of them to be fair you but might just have a like two six. guys yeah he's, he's it's unbelievable great company not as rookies just ever to do something like that it's like crazy so yeah he's 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 the real deal um and so now you got to bet against either the fucking you know the the found money of joe flacco or you know just the 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 electricity of CJ Stroud and, and this at home Houston team, the defense there for Cleveland scares me in this game. Who do you like? I just, I, I'd like, I'd love to see Stroud um, yeah. prove that he's the guy by going just one or, more, one or two more steps and, uh, you know, delaying what's probably the inevitable and making everybody really sad. Um, Joe Flacco, I, I, I want to see him keep going for sure. I was looking up yeah. points per game of all players this season, and he's yeah. the leading player in points per game. So uh, Joe embrace Flacco? the chaos. Yeah. 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 Embrace so, the chaos. So if you want, I'll go first, but we're going to pick final scores. So you got to pick a final score. And I, you know, I'm going to say 
this pains me. Cleveland Browns, 23. Houston Texans, 21. We're mathematically about the same spread. All right. I got, I got Browns, 31, and Houston, 27. There we go. So I, I hope for a few more points, but we're in the, we're in the same ballpark with who's going to win and have I how much. Yeah, it's probably a bit higher scoring than that. I just that we Cleveland hope. defense, that Cleveland defense is going to be really difficult. And uh, sometimes these playoff games, you ever notice like they kind of don't want to fuck up, you know, because like a, a pick six is like such an important thing. They're like dump off, dump off, punt. Like let's just fucking, you know what I mean? So sometimes those games get a little slow start because they don't want to. Nobody wants to make the first mistake. You know, and so sometimes that can be a way that that the game goes. So I I love it when that happens. It's like three nothing with like four minutes in the first half. You're like, dude, what is going on right now? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, my God. So, yeah, that that that, that's going to be a great, great game. Uh, Potentially, I'd love to see just CJ Stroud just tear up that Cleveland defense and win like 38 to to 17 or something. It's just like the coronation of CJ Stroud. That'd be the game I want to see. But I think I think Cleveland beats them. Uh, you know, close, maybe, uh, maybe by a field goal. The Peacock Bowl uh, Saturday night, which will be the the Miami Dolphins, the struggling, scuffling Miami Dolphins <laughs> visiting the struggling, scuffling Kansas City Chiefs. I've never seen so many teams limping into the playoffs like this. Like this is unbelievable. Both teams are eleven and six. Both teams thought they were going to be like you know Chiefs one seed. Dolphins thought they were going to be a one or two seed. Now they're playing in the fucking Peacock Bowl. Nobody's even going to watch this game. You know, I I will tell you, I'm watching it elsewhere. I'm not fucking, I don't, maybe I even want Peacock, but I'm going to get it whenever I want, not for this game. I'm not letting them tell me what to do. No, I'm, I, I'm sure a lot of people are saying the same thing. But what do you think about this matchup? And uh, what, what do you think is going to happen here? It, it really is a sad day, huh? Yeah. Like these yeah. guys, some of, the, some of my fantasy teams were built around Mahomes and Tua. You know, one yeah. expensive one. It's the yin yang, but of, of yeah. QBs and it happened to work out until it didn't. And now they're like, nah, so, somehow this is the year of Jake Browning. Yes. You know, just in general, just like the whole and ethos Flacco, of it. Yes. Sure. Right. Yeah. It's, it's yep. going to be Jake Browning and Joe Flacco in the Super Bowl because Miami yep. and Kansas City and Tua and, and Pat Mahomes are going to get busted out by week one of the playoffs. It's just how it is. It's a kick. Yes. This was a kick in the teeth fantasy year. I got to be completely yep. honest with you. That that yep. one that one uh that went sideways week one of the playoffs it kicked my teeth in. That was a that was a rough one, man. Well, how'd you do it? How'd dom- you do in all your leagues? I dominated. I did dominated. you really? I That's dominated awesome. everything. I won everything. I won it all. I really did. I, I I have seventeen dynasty leagues. I think I got eleven to the to the uh, to the champion to the semis or okay. You know, was, what was I went. And then I got 10 to the Super Bowl and like one eight or something like that. It was like ridiculous. That's ridiculous. awesome. That's awesome. ridiculous. That's almost I 50%. Everything. I won everything. It was crazy. It just was crazy. I got, and, and what's crazy is I had very similar um, playoff uh, advancement last year, but I only won one Super Bowl last year out of 16. You know, I picked up a, 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 you know, so yeah, it's just, it's luck. I mentioned this on the pod. It's like, you know, last year I had very good winning percentage during the regular season, got a lot of teams to the playoffs and then, everything fell apart. And a lot of it's like who you roster. Like, you know, I'm pretty heavily invested in Dak and Lamar. So, you know, it worked out, you know, I mean, those two guys were great 
you know, whatever, whatever. It's just lucky, you know. I mean, can you not, run not pure lucky, three but... weeks in a row? And if you're really good, you only have to run pure two weeks in a row. Two right? weeks in a row. Yep. Right. That's basically what I did. Yeah. I, you know, everything that advanced, I, I just got super lucky in, you know, in, in the two semis and Super Bowl. I mean, I just, you know, I just, I just did. I mean, yeah, I had great, great teams, of course, you know, I mean, you, but you can have great teams and get unlucky too. It's like, so I, yeah, you just, so yeah, I ran really, really pure. So sorry to hear you didn't run good, but yeah. No, no, it's fine. Ride the lightning. Very, very profitable. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It was and probably so you my won, biggest you, profitable you, year for, for percentage. Yeah. I don't think I've you ever won, won our uh, seasonal, seasonal league too. We have you the 18 that? person. Yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Ah, oh, this guy, yeah. he might know what he's talking about. Maybe the club. The, I did win the club championship as That's well. Yeah. 16 team league where you know it's it's actually that's a pretty fun league do you like that league it was it was yeah no it, it, it is interesting having to like really know who you're picking in the 18th round because those are <laughs> yes, uh, those are definitely starting for you in a league that yes. size did you notice i had puka on my team in that league oh did that'll you, do it that'll do did it did you notice um, nah, that's pretty so good maybe maybe just maybe i knew what i was talking about with puka because i had him fucking everywhere thank you very much um yeah puka 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 also i'm like 47 percent puka across dynasty awesome. leagues i had him in all the redrafts so yeah just fucking of course um i got chiefs <laughs> i got I, I got chiefs like 27 to 17 that's wild. So we're we're doing the percentage thing again. We have the same yeah. distance between them, but I got I got Kansas City getting 17 over Miami's 11. Don't ask me how that's going to happen, but uh, right. I, I don't like the way this game I just don't love the way these offenses are going. Yeah. No, they're not going good, but you know, it's really hard to bet against uh Patrick Mahomes not scoring in the playoffs, so that's it. That's the only reason. But yeah, I think I think the Miami Dolphins might have some some a hard time moving the football against Kansas City, especially. Is there going to be? I think there's going to be weather too. Night game in Arrowhead. There's no way Dolphins are going in there and winning that game. I don't know, but Zero. this is the first time in 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 like all of Andy Reid's tenure there that they haven't had a top maybe five offense. This is the first yeah. time, and they're way way down there in their offensive production, but their defense yeah. is killing it this year. It's completely holding them. So this is. I just I hate how not fun this is. This should be the most fun game of the year. Color schemes, everything. Yeah, like, the whole should thing. Be great. The, visually, that's right. Yes, oh, that's well. right. Yep. Oh well, we we you know it is what it is. We'll watch it on some stupid fucking network that doesn't even exist. <laughs> fucking idiots. Um, Sunday. Who you got? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh visits Buffalo. Ten a.m. West Coast. Obviously, one o'clock Eastern. Pittsburgh and Mason fucking Rudolph. Oh, no. I mean, the uniforms, this is visually good, and the coaches <laughs> are all good. Might be a snow game. History, but Mason Rudolph, do we really have to do this? Is he, you know, anyway. So, yeah, I've got, I, I think this is the Bills just absolutely rolling over the Steelers. And, you know, this is like a, you know, 30 to 13 type of game. Okay. Yep. Yep. 30 to 13. I was, I was yep. going to do uh Buffalo 35 Pittsburgh 24. I'll give, I'll give Pittsburgh a little bit more credit than that. Pittsburgh's I, I'll give, it's, it's, it's not uh Mason Rudolph against Josh Allen. It's Mike Tomlin against Josh Allen. And I'll give that a go. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I you know, can we just get past this game? And if the fucking Steelers <laughs> go in there and win, which, you know, anything can happen in any game. 
it's just one of those things where you go, all right, whatever. Just fucking do you think so? Or do you think it's going to be time to have the talk about everything that's going on in Buffalo and why is is Josh Allen going to be, you know, they, you can't lead the chargers to the playoff, even though you have Justin Herbert. Is he going to, I don't know, man, it's so fickle. It's so fickle. You know, it's funny because I'm zigging when everybody's zagging on Josh Allen and when everybody was, you know, I would, I would put in an MVP bet for him. I thought he should have, he still should be, very much in line for the MVP. I mean, he just took his team to the two seed. They're 11 and six. They were six and six at one point. You know, yeah. Oh, he led the league in turnovers or whatever. You know what? He also leads the fucking NFL and like, without me, my team ain't shit. You know what I mean? Like, you know, literally this is a very, very important dude on his team. I mean, I I don't know, man. I I think Josh Allen has been very prolific and, did you see the the third and thirteen run Mm-mm. this past? Oh my god, dude! They, against the Dolphins, uh, you know it was third and thirteen. The Dolphins needed to stop him, and he scrambled on third and thirteen. And he looked. It was there was no chance. Like not Lamar Jackson does not get the first down. Like it's not because he's better than Lamar. It's just it would be not possible. There was a wall of people. The only reason he got it is because he's big, strong. Like, I don't even understand still. You go watch the play again. You're like, no way he got the first down. He He's just, you know, he's a playmaker. And, you know, guys like that who can just make plays when your team needs them, it, it's it's incredible. And, and Josh Allen does that. You know, yeah, he can be a little erratic. He, you know, but even his picks, I thought his picks were smart. You know, it was a fourth and two play or something like that. And he got flushed. Um, and you're talking, about, like you're talking about in the first half when he was at about the 40 yard line, he was at the opponent's yes. 40 yard line and it he was fourth down zone. and he threw in the end zone yeah. and they intercepted it, which is and better so than a punt. It's that's a punt. right. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a Hail Mary like, that at worst. Like he gets a like bad. That's like a bad play. No, it wasn't. That's right. fine. That's not a yeah. turnover. That's they just, that was better than a turnover on downs because if they turn it over on down, the guy should have not caught it. Like, right. You exactly. Know, so it was actually a bad defensive play legitimately. So yes, he, he he you know that was a that was actually better than him in completing it. So absolutely, you know he gets you know that's where if you actually watch the games, understand what's going on. He didn't have oh, he's already got two turnovers in this one. It's like, well, yeah, he has one turnover. Yeah, just come on, let's, let's 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 call the game as it is. And so you know a lot of those situations, you know, guys uh, sometimes are afraid to throw that ball there. You almost he almost baited him into catching it. It's like look, either my guy's catching it, you're gonna. Let's see what happens. That was a smart play. Moving on to a game that I think is going to be just Dallas fans with the tightest assholes ever until they have a big enough lead. Like this is like, you know, Cowboys fans because like this Cowboys team is good. And, you know, it's for whatever reason, they have to play this like rattle baby rattlesnake team right this this sort of like green bay packer team which is like they should be able to overlook them they weren't all that good they backed into the playoffs but like they have this baby rattlesnake quarterback in jordan love who's prolific all these sort of young weapons that don't know any better like this team is dangerous but they should kill them you know what i mean so like i don't know man i can't wait for this one this one is my favorite game of the week i don't know about for you where is it it's in dallas course oh Dallas that's gonna be Tuesday. tough that's gonna be tough for jordan love well let's for call sure. it a, let's call it a test see if he's made it through year one 
Look, if he if he gets anywhere close to this, I mean, th- look, the Cowboys should kind of roll in this one just because of how good their offense is and how you know inexperienced the offense is for Green Bay. Green Bay's kind of been getting exposed in the passing game, obviously not you know last week, but like I, I don't suspect that they're going to be able to stop this Cowboys team. But it's one of those things where it's like. You know, even if you're up, you know, 21 to three, if all of a sudden somehow it's like, you know, 24 to 13, you know, in the third quarter and Green Bay's got the ball, you still are nervous because like, oh, shit, dude, what the fuck, bro? We need to put this game away. So, like, you're never totally out of the woods. And so I I think that, you know, I do think what I'm going to see in this game is the Cowboys pull away. I think 31 to 20. Final score, Cowboys do get it done, but a couple little scare moments in this one for the Cowboys, but th- they end up getting it done. I like it. We're, we're about the same amount away again. I, I like them at uh, Dallas having Dallas beating them 35 to 28, but I can see the, oh, the Green Bay keeping it kind of close. Oh, it's going to be fun. You remember yeah. when you remember the last time Dak was healthy and back then I think he was like a top five quarterback through that season. That's when he broke his leg and then he took a full year coming back. And ever since then, it's been like, oh, well, Dak's 28 years old and he's been, you know, down for the last two seasons. And there's reasons, you know, and there's reasons. And now he's got CD Lamb. It's it's fun. It's fun to, yep. to have held on to him. Uh, how far do you think they're going to go? Look, I like Dallas a lot. I think I Dallas, I think Dallas is my favorite to come out of, you know, out of the NFC even a little bit. Like I think they can win in multiple ways. You know, I do like the fact that, you know, you can just sit back and shotgun and and come back from down 10. You know, obviously the the Niners are the best uh the the best roster for sure, but yeah, I really I really like this Cowboys team. I, I think that uh aren't we predestined for Cowboys Niners in the uh conference championship? Like, like that just needs to be what it is, right? Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I mean a right? lot of yeah, we're hoping for that color scheme. I dig yeah, it. the throwback, the whole thing, the you know, the Aikman, the Montana, the Rice, the Steve Young, the fuck, you know, the whole kitten caboodle, right? The whole thing. The Joe Flacco history. Yeah. The Joe Flacco's, of course. But you know, just the the whole history, the whole thing. That's that's going to be that's got to be the the NFC Championship game. So, um we'll we'll see if that one can hold. The the night game, I think it's going to be a shootout. You got the the Rams going to Detroit. The Matt Stafford, Jared Goff Bowl. I love everything about this game. I, 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 I mean, there's a Let couple ask, of bad matchups, but this is not one of them. Who, who's healthy? Who's is there anybody out of consequence on either of their sides? Oh, I don't think Laporta's playing. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be a, think, it's going to be a fun game. You're right. It's going to be a fun game. So, so I think this is a shootout. I think this goes both teams into the thirties and <laughs> right. And Matt Stafford with like 38 seconds zip zam zooms down for a game winning field goal, 35, 34 Rams, 35, 34 Rams. Uh, we're, 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 we're exactly in line on all of these percentage wise, but I, sometimes I'm like 25, like, give me, give me 35% more. Yeah, I've got yeah. Rams beating them 45 to 42. It's going to be a Whoa. really fun game. It's going to be a really fun game. Holy shit. Come on, man. Let's go. Over. I love Let's, let's go. go. 87.0 over. Let's go, baby. Dude, I am so excited for that. I just want it to be, you know, where it's like, you know, uh, two and a half minutes left, and it's like 
27-28, and it's like there's still four more touchdowns or something. You know what I mean? Like it's like <laughs> whoop whoop, just back and forth. That's the the epitome of what this game needs to be. Um, but I but regardless of whether they're in the twenties, the thirties, or the forties, I'm I'm just hopeful that it's like Stafford with the ball, thirty eight seconds down a field goal or. Even better would be down a touchdown with like a minute and 12 or something, you know, where he has to go the whole field. But, you know, that'd be fun as fuck. Just Puka and Cup and just Stafford and the whole thing, the whole let's see it happen, boy. Go get him. I I, I really want to see that. So and uh, on the flip side of things I don't want to see, the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night go to Tampa Bay. This is like a disgusting game. (laughs) Why? Tell me why. I mean, because the Eagles are just shitting the bed as they yeah. go come down the stretch. AJ Brown is hurt. Uh, Jalen Hurts is hurt. Like I, I I'm just gonna tell you, I think the Bucks win this game, and I don't. <laughs> I do. I'm telling you, man. Michael P. Duncan, right now, just quit. Oh, Michael, no, seriously, come on, buddy. Hey, come back. No, no, I, hey, I didn't mean it. Michael, Michael, Mike. He'll he'll come back. He he'll be fine. Michael P. Duncan just walked out on me. But yeah, the Bucs, I think, are going to win the game. I just think they're going to win the football game. Um, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be like, you know, 21 17, 20 to 17, Bucks win. What did you have the score at? 20 to 17. Oh, yeah. I got in the same exact place as you. I got 21 18. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be really, really, really gross. Bucks? You like Bucks too? Do you like, yeah. Do you like, uh, what do you. <laughs> How do you feel about Baker Mayfield? Do you think he's going to stick around? Do you think they're going to keep Mike Evans and try running back? What, what do you sit with them? I don't. I don't know about my. Honestly, if you if you're Baker Mayfield and they're like, "Hey, man, we're going to have you back," you're like, "Oh, so absolutely." Mike, but but you got to be like Mike Evans, right? Like you're going to keep him, right? Like you don't want to come back if you're Baker without Mike Evans. No, you're absolutely right. He he. They were they were BFFs all year. That yeah. was really fun. Yeah, it was like his best season ever. I mean, so yeah. I, Look, I think Baker has earned the start. Obviously, he brings his team to the playoffs, and the division remains weak next year. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, I think I think you've got to kind of bring Baker back, and so he's a sneaky little buy in dynasty, ain't he? Yeah, I like him. It depends on what you can get these guys for. Super flex, it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a a lot of getting burned this year too. Like, would you rather have? Uh, Jake Browning was winning leagues, and Joe Burrow yeah. was inaccessible. There's yep. there's lessons that I don't want to learn from that. Yeah, that's right. No, no. The injury lesson is not one to really learn other than, you know, hey, be ready for these things to happen. Don't just be like cuz I, I know a lot of guys look at their team they go, "Look at this, boom. Championship. I got it all." You know? And it's like, you know, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, fucking, you know, right? Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, it's going to be Mark Andrews, I can't lose. It's like Oh, okay. Yeah, is that right? You know, so sometimes you know, you just look at your team and you think it's 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 rock solid and it is, but it doesn't mean that you're going to win. Injuries can really fuck you up in this in this game, but yeah, I I think um yeah, I just think the Eagles are too broken. Their defense, look, you want to talk about a, a a week that Mike Evans can go off. They have been unable to stop the pass. I mean, actually picking 20 to 17 is probably too light. I, the Bucks might score 40 against this fucking shit. Eagles team. Sorry, Philly think, fans. Don't, do you think don't Eagles are still going to stay at 14? Still going to be Eagles 14? <laughs> right. 40, 40 to 14. Go fuck yourself, Eagles it's fans. Be a, no, yep. It's going to be an Arthur yeah. Smith exit. Uh, well, Matt Patricia, that's, you know, if they can fire Matt Patricia, find a way to get his ass off the team by Monday night, they have a shot at holding holding Tampa Bay under 30. 
But if they keep Patricia out there, <laughs> they're in trouble. <laughs> they're in trouble. That's, Maybe they that's should a, just put him at D-line. That's a D, that's a New England fan that's just been burned too many times. Bro, he's so bad. He's so bad. Hey, let's uh let let's call it, baby. This this is this is so much fun. You got anything else you want to mention before we we tell the people what's going on and uh, and what's happening? No, I don't really have anything to promote. Um, keep your mental health in in mind. Uh, yeah. Hard, hard time of year for some people. So yeah. reach out to the people you love. And if you didn't get to tell them happy holidays, uh, call them up now. Yeah, man, for sure, brother. I mean, and, uh, you know, when you think you're alone, you're generally not. There's generally people who do care about you no matter no matter who you are and where you are. Um, so, you know, everybody needs a little bit of help sometimes. That's a good point, brother. I appreciate you bringing it up. I mean, not that my listeners need that because they're all alpha, alpha males and alpha <laughs> females. They're all out there just killing, killing their leagues and everything. But, you know, if you know someone, you know, wink, sure. wink, asking yeah. for a friend, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, right. Cause obviously none of you guys, but you know, other people just remember, you know, look out for them. Um, but yeah, Re- reach out I about your friends. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Tell them they're okay too, but yeah, no, be a good friend, be a good, be a good everything. All right, brother. Thank you for coming on Matt Chester. We just had some fun. We talked a lot of bullshit. I do want to remind you that the off season for me starts this week. I will be prepping all my stuff starting this week. The anatomy series will be coming out soon. Me and chalk are putting that together starting right now. I'll obviously let you know when that's happening. I've got a new podcast coming out very, very soon. It's going to be exclusively on the undroppables network. It's going to be fun as hell. We've got a lot of plan there. Um, I've got Felix sharp next week. I've got Ray Garvin the week after we've got all sorts of awesome guests lined up after that. This is going to be a lot of fun here in the offseason. I can't wait to talk to Felix next week. I've got a lot of homework to do before then because I don't even know these guys' names. I don't know how to pronounce these names. I've got a lot of work to do. So I'm going to be using, you know, the thing on Google where you tap tap the thing and it tells you how to say stuff. I'm going to be using that thing. I don't know what I'm doing. It's going to be great. Felix is going to set us straight. He's going to start me on my path. He's going to uncover some deep, deep players in this draft, people to keep our eye on people for me to go scout. I can't wait. And with that, on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of a soon-to-be-really-pissed-off Philadelphia Eagle fan, Mr. Michael P. P. Duncan, you have been joined by the mad jester. And I, Jax Falcone, and we are out to